everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Teeds. So, Jeffrey, you know, the world of AI is here. We've talked a little bit about it. Boy, is it ever. But it's an article in CBS News that I have a bit of a bone to pick, if you will, if you'll humor me. Always. The article is titled Robot Manicures and Eyelash Extensions, How AI is Attracting New Beauty Industry Customers. And the thought behind the article was basically to say, yeah, AI is here. It's going to affect our multi-billion dollar industry, right? No surprise. But what they were saying is companies are introducing AI robots with services like eyelash treatments and manicures. And I say, heck to the no. Am I ever going to use this, especially from a lash extension perspective? It's just too much. And the article goes on to quote a few, you know, leaders in the space. Mm -hmm. One of them says, you know, we want these experiences to be like grabbing a cup of coffee. Right. And I say, no, we don't. No. At all. No. Right. Also, like we've we've got the experience with the machines that give coffee and often people get burned and it's a not great experience like we don't like it anyway keep going yeah and the one thing you know i do have eyelash extensions i love that time it's relaxing and you know something so close to your eye i don't want a robotic arm no gently applying my eyelash extensions it's just They go on to say, you know, we're not going to replace any pros. It's just going to add to their capabilities or bring new people into the industry. Yeah, that's a crock. No. Is there anything gentle about a robot putting an eyelash, like a false eye? Like, I I can't imagine. Laying there and like. Right. This creepy mechanical arm thing comes to. I'm like. (laughs) The images that are conjured alone let alone the actual experience, are frightening. I cannot imagine that would be something anybody would enjoy, truthfully, let alone the specialist who's being replaced by says, how do you, what? Right, exactly. And so I say no to the AI in these particular instances in our industry. We're going to go with the pros and keep them on the pedestal where they belong. Yeah, I just keep seeing all of these people saying, why can't AI be used to do the things we don't want to do? And that seems to be really like, can we not like admin support schedule like the thing like, let's just build on what is well understood to be needs versus replacing human beings and making it so they can't earn their livelihood. Like, I I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Let's move on, shall we? Yes. On our last episode, we talked with Whitney White. Whitney is a licensed cosmetologist and one of the original pioneers in online natural hair care, black beauty, and lifestyle spaces. Her international brand, Natural 85, is a respected source with over 2.5 million followers across multiple social platforms. Building upon her successes, Whitney, along with her sister, Taffeta White, self-produced and self-funded the highly acclaimed and award-winning hair product line, Melanin Hair Care. Make sure that you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with Aga Tompkins. Aga is a celebrity hairstylist and makeup artist, certified professional beauty educator, motivational speaker and Amika brand manager with more than 15 years of experience driving positive impact in beauty and music industries. Whether she's traveling the country, educating about beauty and authenticity or training team members to create a solid culture of growth and success. Aga applies her passion for professional development, understanding of image, and commitment to excellence to everything she does. Talking about 
excellence. Uh, there's a news item that's come across our desks, uh, and it has to do with a little brand you might have heard of called Prada. Oh, uh, I've heard of them. Just a yeah, teeny tiny, <laughs> you know, independent label. Nobody knows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're getting into skincare and makeup. Wow. Uh, what do you make of this, Kelly? Is this something that should have happened years ago? Is this something that shouldn't happen? I want to know your take. I don't know. I mean, it's so interesting to me why you have this obviously powerhouse brand. You're doing great things in your space. Why go into a super, super crowded space? I don't know. I, I wonder what the thought is behind it. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I could not agree more with that assessment. Uh, it seems like we've just covered on this podcast how celebrity beauty brands are going the way of going away. the outro, the exit. Um, but I mean, they are a huge global brand with incredible cachet. Uh, you know, the relevance, it makes sense. Like, you just want to keep cashing that cow, I guess. Plus... The sort of branding opportunities, I would imagine the packaging is going to be incredible. There's going to be Prada logo stuff all over it. And people, I think, are just going to lose their minds to have those items. Yeah. So maybe you can't afford a $3,000 bag, but you can afford a $300. I mean, like, let's say, yeah, yeah, it's going to be expensive. We all know that. But I'm I'm excited because they, they, I mean, they are sort of so well understood in terms of an aesthetic that this, I think, is really cool. I, I don't know that we need it, but I'm, I'm glad that it's here, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, and you know, to quote Women's Wear Daily, they were saying that it's going to provide, quote, real and effective products. And like, I don't know if that's a big enough POD for me, right? Isn't that yeah. like kind of baseline? So <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, I like the idea of having like a little Prada lip balm on my desk. I don't mind it. A little compact, little... Hmm like yeah exactly exactly like you just pop that open and the look like it's all it's, right yeah makes total sense fine all right well let's talk about things that are trending on our site our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know but should and here are some of our favorite headlines first up tech touch-ups for the month of drumroll oh. august how did we get to no. august <laughs> i yeah, yeah, it's like this year is just sliding by. Um, but inspired by the internet world and adapted for the beauty space, check out our monthly tech touch-ups. They're designed for stylists, makeup artists, estheticians, massage therapists, nail techs, and anyone in the beauty industry. We've created mobile phone backgrounds to infuse a bit of fun, beauty, and new into your routine. Head to the tees to pick up these August designs for your phone's tech touch-up. Easy to download. Which brings me to my question, which you know is coming, Kelly. I know. Which of these new... August tech touch-ups are you downloading? You know, I love the old school lady with the rollers underneath the dryer because I remember at my mom's salon that happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I aspire to be an old lady getting my hair done weekly by someone else, sitting behind a dryer, having my coffee someday. Yeah, I want that for you. Um, uh -huh. And rollers are back. So yeah, that's that's perfect. I don't think they ever left. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, I don't mean to inflame. You're you're not wrong. I mean, it could be argued. <laughs> um, but they're back in a bigger way, maybe. Um, all right, so that is an excellent pick. I think that I'm into the abstract one that looks a little bit like swatches with our color story. So it's our deep teasing red and the blacks like... I'm into that one. I feel like for a phone 
background. That's what I'm looking for. A little bit of a distraction. I like it. A little bit of what is that? It'll pop the the apps. That's what I'm into. Pop the apps. Oh yeah, yeah. you gotta pop those apps. You like <laughs> otherwise they sort of like blend it. Like it's there's a real yeah. danger, and then you don't wow. know. So I'm I'm I all about a that. New term. You're like a cool dad. You're cool dad. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. But the Tease team is keeping us up to date with these tech touch ups. Um, and if you are downloading, we want to know which one you picked. Uh, let us know. Tag us screenshot that baby and let us know so we can we can see because we'd love to see it all right other things that are on the tease.com big news from orenco's blue uh extend golden hour with orenco blue's new blonded brightening shampoo and mask orenco blue is having a total blonde moment with two luxurious new launches perfectly timed for summer with its blonded brightening shampoo and mask orenco's more sustainably minded sister brand now does blonde illumination to perfection Colorists repair and revive dull yellow blondes with ultra hydrating and toning formula that was consciously created. Read thetease.com for all of the deets about this product launch. Kelly, are you obsessed as I am? I mean, I'm obsessed and always have been with their packaging. Yes. Like, I think they knock it out of the park. I think it's beautiful, simplistic. I love the color stories and the products inside equally match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the product matches the packaging, right? So, Love the team over at R&Co. Crushing it. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Especially the blue team. Love to see it. Love to see the product expansion. Uh, next up, this is a big one. Uh, C&D Summer 2023 nail boasts maximalist nail looks and product innovations. C&D Summer 2023 nail celebrated everything bizarre and beautiful about the world of nails. Inspired by the brand's Summer 2023 collection, Bizarre Beauty, This virtual event gave nail pros two hours of inspiring content that included unorthodox techniques and unique nail designs, as well as a rundown on the latest in C&D launches. Couldn't attend C&D Summer 2023 Nailathon live stream? We have you covered. Head to thetees.com for a recap and more. Kelly, these nails are wild. Uh, You are partial to some nail art. Oh, yes. I can't necessarily go there. Would you go this extreme? You know, in an ideal world, I would love to go this extreme. <laughs> totally impractical. I think fantastic. Yeah. And I love to celebrate our nail artists, our nail technicians. And, you know, shout out to the one and only Jan Arnold of CND, the creator, the force behind the brand. Love to see it. This article is a good one. Um, dive into it and find out what CND is up to. Uh, and there will be more coverage from them in the future. Uh, love to see. There's a new collection that is equally cool. Uh, so shout out to them. As always, so much going on Tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, Jeff's interview with Aga Tompkins. Let's get into it. Let's do it. With a passion for personal development and a deep understanding of image, Aga Tompkins is a celebrity hairstylist, makeup artist, certified professional beauty educator, motivational speaker, and Amika brand manager with more than 15 years of experience driving positive impacts in the beauty and music industries. Aga's journey began when she founded her salon, Rock Razor Scissors, and quickly scaled it from local business to a market leader by providing niche services to touring artists. Before she moved on to her next adventure, her business would serve some of the largest names in music, including Radiohead, Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, Deftones, and Roger Waters. This experience opened the door to celebrity image development, and Aga fell in love with building and managing strategic brand images for some of the largest names in music. 
She served as Carly Rae Jepsen's global tour hairstylist and makeup artist for nearly a decade, expertly seizing the opportunity to build and manage a strategic brand and image for the Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter and actor. She designed hair and makeup for Jepsen's appearances on and in SNL, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Cosmopolitan, Allure, and The New York Times. More importantly, Aga drew on both her passion for style and commitment to authenticity to design the long-term strategy and direction for the artist's image. In doing so, she considered Jepsen's personality alongside upcoming trends. Most recently, Aga demonstrated her love of motivation, training, and growth to teach image, authenticity, and beauty as a territory brand manager for Amika, while continuing to tour the world as a guest speaker in the industry. At Amika, Aga has the opportunity to onboard, train, and mentor a sales team, as well as her clients' employees across an 11-state territory. In addition to managing everything from onboarding and training to mentoring and employee engagement, she creates content, designs innovative social media posts, and serves on the DEI and Giving Back Committee as a co-lead for their partnership with Beauty Changes Lives. Whether she's traveling the country, educating about beauty and authenticity, or training team members to create a solid culture of growth and success, Aga applies her passion for professional development, understanding of image, and commitment to excellence to everything she does. Aga, welcome to the Volume Up podcast. It is a thrill to have you. How's it going? Good. I'm really excited to be here. I've been waiting to do this, so it's finally the day. (laughs) It is finally the day. We're going to get right into it. Aga, our guests come to beauty from all different places. I would love to hear from you. How did you get into the beauty industry? So I actually started as like an artist as a kid, you know, I was that kid. I was the art kid. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us in the beauty industry started that way or had passion for art in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so since I was a kid, I was doing art. And then like when I was a little older, I got into makeup and, you know, doing my own makeup and then my friends would be like, can you do my makeup? And then, you know, it was the nineties. So that short bob, bleached bob was in. And my friends in like seventh and eighth grade were like, will you box color my hair? You know, so it kind of just happened to me naturally. I think the, the my friends and everybody around me was like, do mine, you're artistic. Like you can do this, right? Mm-hmm. And I did, I don't know. I guess I wasn't scared and did it. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, did you always think you'd go into hair? So not, no, it was kind of like, I well, I, first of all, I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. That was like, okay. if you asked me fifth grade what I was going to do, at first it was like doctor, mm-hmm. which no, no chance. Like I wasn't going to go to school for that long. But um, then I decided like I can't just be a doctor. Like I have to do art. I was like plastic surgery, perfect. I will make people beautiful mm-hmm. and be a doctor that way. And then I actually in high school worked for a dentist office and realized like I don't want to be in the medical field, you know. Um, so that kind of like went away and I didn't know what I was going to do, but you know, like most hairstylists or a lot of hairstylists, I would say their family's like, you're not going to be a hairstylist. Like you need to go to college or whatever. You got to do something else. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm foreign. So my family was like, you know, it's like what lawyer, doctor, like whatever. Um, and, uh, clearly, I mean, I guess I could have been a doctor still. I probably would have been like the tattoo doctor lady, but, uh, (laughs) But yeah, I it's think, never too late. Yeah, it, it's, I think there's plenty now, but maybe back then I still wanted to express myself. I was into fashion mm-hmm. and I I still always kind of did hair for my friends, like for fun, like never made money doing it or something, but they would ask me. So mm-hmm. through my entire, like till I finally 
um, opened my salon, it was just something that I was intrigued by. And, and then I would do like makeup and stuff, which obviously you didn't have to be licensed to do. So I would like do people's makeup here and there. And, um, I think one of the turning points was, well, I got into business. I realized I like business. Okay. So I kind of let it go. You know, I was, it was one of those things where I was like, well, I'm not going to be a hairstylist. Like, like, but I still love the beauty industry, whatever. And I moved to LA. I I live in Chicago, Mm -hmm. but I moved to LA and I had a friend out there that owned like a really cool rock and roll salon. And it was on Melrose and I was obsessed and she was amazing. And I, I got my hair done there. You know, you needed to get your hair done still. Like if you move somewhere, that was where I got my hair done. Mm -hmm. But then she would ask me sometimes to like, like do things like assist. And she knew I was, you know, kind of savvy in the beauty world, but knew that I wasn't licensed. And one of the first gigs that I ever got was actually through my friend, Cassie. There was a TV show called Rockstar Supernova. And they were like finding like a lead singer. It was a reality show, essentially. Sure. And we were doing the album cover for it. And she had her assistant or whoever like call off. And she's like, Aga, can you do it? So I last minute went and did this uh, shoot. I didn't do anybody's like hair or makeup, but I was like touching up like on set. I would like powder their nose or like fix their hair a little bit. So it's Tommy Lee, Gilby Clark and Jason Newsted from Metallica. So it was those guys. And I'm like, I think I was 20. 21 or 22 at that time. Wow. And I made it a good amount of money for the day. I don't remember. It was like 400 bucks. It was for me. Then I was like, this is awesome. Like, yes. And so I was like, I want to do this. And um, I ended up moving back to Chicago and yeah, like that's, that's kind of how I got into beauty. So that was that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, you sort of touched on this. Um, you opened a salon, yeah. but you opened a salon before you were a licensed Cosmo. What? Yes. Talk to me about like, how did this come about? So I actually, during, so I moved back during that whole time I worked for, I'm sure people know this and this is funny. Um, I worked for journey shoes as like a district manager person, right? So I, I ran all the Chicago stores out here when I lived in Chicago. Then I moved to LA, did that there, then I moved back. Um, but I like business. So I learned, you know, I was like running all these stores, all these managers. I was the manager of these managers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when they give you one of these stores, even though it's like retail and it's like a corporation, you still do all like the plumbing breaks, you're calling yep, plumbing. Yep. And, you know, you still did numbers and all of these things. And I realized I have like a passion for even math, which I would have never thought in like a hundred years. If you asked me in high school, I would have been like, ew, hate math. Uh, I liked geometry though. I did. and Which makes sense now. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I actually, one day I was saving money cause I was going to open my own business. It was like my thought process at that point, I was probably 22, 23. And finally I was like, I'm going to open a salon. Like I, this makes sense. And my friend Cassie's salon was such an inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. I called Cassie and was like, can I have your blessing if I want to open a rock and roll salon in Chicago? And she was like, absolutely. And so I just 
I had stylists that worked for me at Journeys mm-hmm. that like were in beauty school while they worked at Journeys. Yep. And I called one of them up and was like, I'm going to open a rock and roll salon. Would you work for me? At this point, she was already a stylist. She worked at a really great salon in Chicago. And she was like, absolutely. So I just gathered. There wasn't anything. This is like 2008 at this time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really like like how we have vivids now and all of that. It was like you might know one stylist. Different worlds. So yeah, there wasn't like <laughs> a salon necessarily. Actually, I take that back. There was one salon in Chicago called Melios. It's like one of the oldest like punk rock salons that exists. I think um, that salon existed, but it was like one, you know. And so I was like, I want to open kind of like a version of what my friend Cassie has, but out here a little different, um, a little the same. And so I was like, we're going to have this niche. And it was during the recession. So I knew like, I couldn't just open a salon. It had to have something that would draw people. This was during the era of MySpace. It's all coming together for me. You're really painting a picture. I'm loving. Yes. (laughs) I was like, and I was, you know, business savvy. So I was like, I got to do this, this, and this. And, and I, and I was excited. Like, I I don't know how I did it. Looking back now, I put my entire life on the line with journeys. I put in like, you know, I gave them like two months, maybe notice because I was like, I'm starting it up and they were totally supportive. So they like supported me through that journey. And I had like saved up six weeks paid vacation, like all this stuff to like open this business. And, um, and I had money saved too, but like, I was like planning for like everything and then I, yeah, I opened this rock and roll salon. We were specializing in doing hair for bands, doing hair for music videos. Like I hooked up with the local um, like record labels in Chicago and I would email them and say, hey, if you need people to come out, I own the salon. That's what we do. Then eventually, you know, I, I realized like you need to do hair. What are you doing? Yeah. And I ended up, yeah. So my stylists were there through it all. And I did makeup and stuff. So sometimes if somebody came in, but mostly I just ran the business, mm-hmm. which looking back, I, now that, you know, I am a hairstylist, yeah. I would say we're so busy. I don't know if I could have done what I did if I was doing both, like at that time. Yeah. So I think because I could focus on sending all those emails, adding all those people on MySpace to come to check out our rock and roll salon, like doing all the marketing, like uh, the business end of everything that by the time I did go to beauty school, it was, it was running on its own. And I would Mm. go to school and then come to the salon and go to school. I did it in less than a year. Um, yeah. So I like hustled. I like put in everything. I was like, okay. And my stylists were supportive of it. And I learned from them too, because, Mm. you know, they were talented. I hired the best talent I could at that time. Mm -hmm. They were everything. And I, yeah, I did it reverse. I don't know. And, and I realized like I had to, I I wanted to do it. I I knew how to do hair too, like to do Mm-hmm. And so it was frustrating because I was by the book. I did not do here. I never, you know, took clients till I was licensed. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a story. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's such a cool way to get into this. Um, and you've had tons of success subsequent to this, which we're going to get into. Um, but I'm curious. So like what then happened with the salon? You came on as a stylist at your own place yeah. and wore both hats. Like how long did that go? 
So, um, I mean, at that point, it was pretty easy for me. I already knew I did everything right. So it just made sense. I mean, I took days where it was like almost like an office day and would get the supplies and do those things. Um, actually all our stylists were kind of like on our social media. So it went from MySpace and then later turned into Facebook, Mm -hmm. but we had like a salon, Facebook salon, you know, MySpace, and they would message with clients on the social media and it was just always open. So whoever sat at the desk on their break or whatever, was like messaging with clients, booking appointments. We were kind of at that time, I would say ahead of the game when it came to using social media for our business. But because it was such a niche, like people were coming from Wisconsin, from like different states just to get this hair. And we would post all the pictures of all those funky colors and everything. And that was what we did. It was like one of those salons where it's like 80% vivids or, you know, just the bright colors, like leopard print hair. During that time, it was like emo era. So we would do like the scene, the scene hair. Yeah, the super. It was like the pro version of those. Yeah styles and it was pretty cool yeah incredible such a cool experience (laughs) um how did you then transition into i mean it it sounds like it makes total sense you've already got celeb clientele coming in yeah what was the linchpin to getting into celebrity styling on your own how did that happen because that's a huge part of your career yeah um which we're gonna get into but how did it like how did you get to there what was that jump like well, at first it was like just doing her for smaller bands, right? So we were, we, I would look out and see which bands are coming through town. Even like people I hired, I would be like, what bands do you want to do hair for? Or if, if there's a show that you think we should do hair. And I would, mm. I would creep on the internet and just try <laughs> to find like, how do I find somebody that knows somebody that might know somebody mm-hmm. that's connected to the band? And I would email them. And eventually I grew my network. So it was all through networking. Absolutely. Like, and it was through credibility too. Right. So like once we did a few bands, then it grew and then we did bigger things. And then eventually uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, Warp Tour, you've heard of Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. I finally like got us on Warp Tour. So we as a salon did like the Midwest of mm-hmm. Warp Tour. And because Warp Tour is so weird, it would be like, you know, they're in Chicago one day and they're in California tomorrow and it made no sense. Yep. So they would come around like so many times into the Midwest through that entire summer that we just randomly would have warp tour dates like in different like in Indianapolis or wherever. Right. And it was kind of rad. So warp tour has like 70 bands. So now I made connections with like 70 tour managers, you know, not literally, but, mm-hmm. but whoever we did hair for, and it might be crew or bands or whatever. And, Sometimes it would be, we'd take anybody. So you wouldn't even realize and like somebody would sit in your chair from like Alkaline Trio and you're like, okay, we're doing Alkaline Trio's hair right now. And my team was so great. They really, I don't know. They all were awesome. I mean, when I would interview, I would test them, like whoever I interviewed and I'd be like, what's your favorite band? And they would name some band and I'd be like, what if I told you we're going tomorrow and we're going to go do their hair? And I would watch the reactions and sometimes people would like freak out, like actually in the moment. I'm like, we're not even doing this band's hair. First of all, like that's not even happening. Second of all, like you're sweating and crying right now. (laughs) Like this might not work out for you because there's a high chance we might be able to do that band's hair. So it was more. And then I would have other people like, 
just be so cool about it. That worked for me. That would be like, that would be really rad. And I was like, you're hired. <laughs> like, that's all I wanted was just calmness so that I knew you can, you know, you can do it because you're also cutting somebody's hair. Like you don't want to mess that up. Mm -hmm. So if you're really nervous, you might be like, Ugh. like no ear. Shake hands. Not a good look. <laughs> yeah. So then how did you, I'm assuming perhaps along the, the warped tour trail, um, a Ms. Carly Rae Jepsen, um, with whom you've worked quite a lot. Uh, no, how did, how did that happen? Okay. So I'll go back to that. Yep. So during the salon days, it grew. And actually at Warp Tour, I met the director of Live Nation. He was there that day at the, one of the last Warp Tours we ended up doing with the salon. And he was like, where have you been my whole life? I've been looking for somebody like you because when bands come through town, I need exactly this. And he took my information. And at that point, it became one of those things where that's when we got the Roger Waters, the wall tour. That's when we got the big like Blake 182 and like all those big things. It changed my life and all of our lives. Like I remember Roger Waters, the wall, like my entire stylist team got to bring their parents. Oh, my parents didn't care. They're foreign. You know, they were like, I don't know who this is. Um, but all their, their families got to go. And like, it was just awesome. It was like one of those moments we had like best seats in the house and we just did hair for this kind of like that. And then, you know, like the B-52s or like whatever. And so once we kind of grew that network, I just kept growing it. I just kept like making friends with people. And maybe it was like just being a genuine person and, 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 and I had something that these people needed and wanted. Mm -hmm. They needed haircuts and they had crews and bands that needed to look good. And I was able to provide that. Yep. But also I just made fast friends with all these people because they're traveling and they, they come back to the same cities a lot. And so eventually what happened, how I got Carly was actually a friend from a different tour, knew Carly and Carly, you know, just blew up with Call Me Maybe. And she was her assistant at the time. And she was like, I have the perfect person to go on tour with you because they needed somebody that did hair and makeup. Mm. Yeah. So, and then, and that was it. And then I just got on a flight. I think my first, well, sorry, I take that back. First show was actually in Chicago. I only just got a chance to meet her and, um, and it was like a hello, but then they put me on a plane the next like week and I flew to Houston and yeah, I met the whole tour, my whole tour family, which now looking back, it was such a fun night. We went bowling and everything like after the show and, uh, they're like my family now. I've been touring. I toured with Carly for over a decade. So yeah, just the whole, everybody is incredible. Yeah. I mean, a decade, how, how? This, this is so cool. That is so, <laughs> so cool. Let's talk about, I mean, this was not like a minute. No. Um, so longevity, like how, how did you secure this for yourself? Um, what was that relationship <laughs> building like? I mean, yeah. you mentioned that like a lot of people were getting nervous by even the idea of it. Yeah. You're presented with the actuality. Like you are <laughs> working with her, doing hair and makeup day in, day out for all of these venues all around the, the U.S. and the, the world. Yeah. Talk to us about what that experience was like. Honestly, I just... I don't even know. Like I jumped in and that was it. And, and, and it was like, it's like your client. Like if you have a client that you're just like really tight with it's, and then they become like one of your best friends in the world. So I look at it like with Carly, especially, I mean, 
you know, and I did, I've done here for a lot of other people, even in between those years, but, mm-hmm. uh, it just, we clicked and it was, I did my job and I was the only one from the beauty industry on our crew, but yeah, I, it was fun. You got to pick different looks. Like I changed Carly's hair completely many times. I was going to say, can we talk about that? She's gone through such <laughs> an evolution. Um, and obviously like with different albums, there's been different looks. Yeah. Talk. I mean, how architecting that with her what was that like like these are big changes that she's made oh she's amazing like she she's the one you know it's i did the work but like of course it was like car leaving like i remember the first time i chopped all her hair off and uh she just had like long brown hair when i met her with the bangs and then yep I'm a bangs specialist. So it was like, I immediately was like, I want to do things to these bangs. Like, but she let me, I was like, listen, can I chop it up a little bit? Can I do this? She's like, do whatever. She's super cool about that. Like, I don't know that. I love that about her. She's had different hair more than anybody I think I know. And I would say the, the one time, yeah, we were like out of the country and I did not have black hair color. And she's like, I want to do black tonight and cut it short. And yeah. And we, I had to like through my tour manager, you know, we found somebody from the label from like Interscope that knew somebody that owned a salon and they had color in the salon, like took me to some salon. And like, I, I was like, luckily it's black. Like you can't really mess that up. Yeah. True. 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 Easy. It's just a lot of fun times like that. She's very spontaneous. So. Mm. Okay, well, with the <laughs> exception of like these tectonic shifts to her look, which you were working with, um, what does a day to day look like? I mean, you mentioned like you're working through the label to maybe get stuff like, yeah, talk to us about that, because I can't imagine that many of our listeners have had that experience of being like a, a tour stylist. So it's the music industry. So it's obviously a different industry in general. The biggest part of being a tour hairstylist is travel. Like, I mean, we just travel, travel, travel. Mm-hmm. I've done hair on every <laughs> continent aside from uh, Antarctica. Yeah. So I, you know, it's like one planet, but this many countries, like 30, I don't know, you know, and, and so it's just it travels, the biggest part of it. And also like being organized and knowing which supplies you need and, um, it's, it's like a little circus, I would say, mm-hmm. just like you live with this little family. Yeah. It's like, you know, 15 of us or so give or take sometimes less, sometimes more. And, and we have, we all were together all these years and it was just like, I had my home family and then I had my tour family and we would have slow moments where, you know, you just don't where it's like sit and wait. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people think tour life's all this like wild craziness. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of sitting at venues and whatever and playing Catan because Carly loves Catan. I did. Mm. I dodged Catan, by the way, this is like a board game. Yep. I don't think I ever thought I'd be like a board, maybe Monopoly, you know, like maybe I played Monopoly. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But here I am like obsessed with Catan now and it's, yeah, that's Carly's Canadian. So she likes fun, obviously. I don't mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. yeah, we, we have moments where we just sit around and play Catan or whatever. But then there's, of course, like morning radio or red carpets or all these other things that we do, or like maybe festival season where you're flying. It's all fly dates. You fly Mm -hmm. everywhere. And then there's other times where it's like bus tours. So let's say, you know, we're doing a full U.S. run 
we'll be on the bus the whole time. Mm. And there's perks to both. Uh, living on the bus is nice because you don't have to worry about your luggage sure. at all. It's just always there. Um, fly tours are fun because you get to go to other countries and do other stuff. So it's amazing. And obviously, depending on who you're touring with, would change what it is. And I was lucky enough to have like the most amazing uh, tour family ever. And Carly's incredible. And it trickles down from that person, I believe, you know, just like any job. Actually, think about it that way. Like if you have um, a boss anywhere, which is weird to think that Carly's my boss. She, she, yeah, yeah. she was, but like <laughs> not, you know, she doesn't. She's a powerhouse for sure. And she runs the show and she does all the things. She, she's so incredible. Writes the music, does everything. But at the same time, like she treated everybody, you know, like we all knew what we were doing. Like, it's almost like she's like, you guys are here for a reason. You know your job, like do your job. <laughs> well, to that end, what were the things that you had to have with you as a hairstylist on tour? Like you're the master of your domain. Yeah. What are the things that are packed in that bag that you're like, I would not be able to get through a tour without these things. I want to know. <laughs> so the big thing is my luggage. Like I actually have a big Burton, like I believe it's skiing or like snowboarding brand suitcase. And it has those like skateboard wheels on it. Gotta go. Gotta go. Yep. Yeah. And it unzips where you can like actually split it into two bags. But I would have this like 70 to 80 pound bag with me at all times of just hair and makeup. And so I might consider myself an overpacker, you know, but gotta be prepared. Yeah, I'm always yeah. prepared. And and not to mention, like I did do both. So I did hair and makeup. So I just I needed it all. Mm -hmm. And uh you never know. Carly might want to go blonde or black black hair. You know what? I'm just kidding. I didn't have all that. I would kind of prepare. She would always prepare me, usually like we will do color, we'll do this. So I did do haircut, hair color, hairstyling, makeup, everything, um, skincare. Like I did all of it. Even I would paint her nails sometimes. I talk about that when I, I, I do a lot of speaking at beauty schools mm -hmm. and I'll tell them like, go do those pedicures, like do, do everything. Because I, I have to be honest, I never thought I'd do nails. I do my own. Um, but and for the listeners who are not watching this video, if it doesn't make it into a clip, the nails are dope. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, see, it worked out. Yep. <laughs> but I would say that, yeah, I had everything even down to that stuff. But I would even carry a couple of things that maybe like her stylist or assistant might have just in case, like, mm -hmm. what if we don't have it? I would have a little kit of like a backup backup because I'm, mm -hmm. again, very organized and like I need it all. But yeah, I would have my shears, you know, I would have blow dryer, straighteners, all my curling tools, all the hair products you'd ever need, color, uh, extensions, just in case, like a little bit of everything. And then obviously with makeup, just like at all makeup, you can imagine even down to like nail trimmers. And so you got to be really like prepared for anything that you might need to do. And, and I would have a separate bag inside my bag that I would take out. And it was just this little smaller bag that I could bring on set. And then I would have that if we were doing on set stuff, but in the venues, you know, I would just plop my giant bag open right in our dressing rooms, wherever <laughs> we were. So it was just like part of our life. We just like lived in chaos and it was awesome. Uh, I do love that Carly is just like me and we just like lived to our fullest without stressing about anything. And, uh, you know, you'd pack that sucker back. I'd throw stuff back in it. So this bag was life. And then I had my own personal bag too. So I was carrying two bags at all times. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> um, what is the like one lesson 
or maybe there's a couple that you learned from that experience. Um, because we're gonna talk about like there's been a transition, you're no longer touring. Yeah. But like from this experience, which again, you mentioned it's a decade, that's a huge amount of time, tons of shows. Like, what are the lessons that you learned from that experience that you're like taking forward now? You know what? I was lucky enough to travel the whole world. So there was definitely like cultural experience and just it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to be able to go to so many places and maybe even you know, we, we got pampered in those places. Mm -hmm. So you got to kind of like learn from people that could translate for us or take us to some of the coolest restaurants or, you know, Carly always took care of us. We would like go climb the, I, you know, climb the Eiffel tower. I don't think we were climbing the Eiffel tower, but you get it. We <laughs> yeah, were yeah. climbing some, <laughs> we'd climb a bridge or like in, in Sydney, we'd like I, I, I'm terrified of heights and I like climbed the big bridge in Sydney, which I can't think or yeah, one of the, it all mixes up. I have to like look back yeah. at my Instagram and be like, where was I? What did I do? <laughs> what country was that? But um, yeah, all those kind of things. Uh, we went on a safari and all that. So maybe just it taught me to live to the fullest mm. and not be afraid to take chances. And, and I don't know. I don't know that that's that's a big part of it yeah and that's a pretty important lesson so i love that um and again this is a good opportunity to plug your instagram ago where can people find you um if they're not already following you so that they can go and find some of these things that you're talking about yeah so it's aga tompkins beauty and it's a-g-a-t-o-m-p-k-i-n-s beauty <laughs> easy um all right so i mentioned <laughs> this um which is that you've recently stopped touring yeah so what led to that decision and what are you doing right now? So I actually, uh, it was, I toured for a very long time and I yeah. think it came to the point where, um, I also never mentioned I have children. So I did all this while also being a mom and you're having, yeah, I have four <laughs> kids, but two, four. yeah. So two are actually my step kiddos and I've been with my husband now eight years. So they came in somewhere like my littlest one. He was three when I started touring. And then I'm trying to think how old, I guess they were five when I met my, or almost six when I met my husband. So yeah. Congrats. That's, you're blowing my mind. You're blowing my mind. That's so incredible. <laughs> so I have support from all those avenues, like so many avenues. Everybody supports it. But I also feel like, um, and a lot of moms will ask me, like, I, or they'll say, like, I could never, you know. And I have to say that, you know, I did well in life for myself in the sense that um, I could tour and then be gone a little bit of time, but then be home for like mm -hmm. two months and like spend time with my kids. But I would say like my life shifted my all my kids are teenagers and the, actually the oldest one is 18 now. But so like there's this moment where I feel like I traveled so much. I, I need a little step back maybe mm -hmm. or just something new. I'm I'm pushing 40 and there's a part of me that is like I'm ready maybe to make an impact in a different way somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And and I retiring tour was the hardest decision of my life, like calling my tour manager and telling Carly and I cried for like weeks and I was like, mm. still kicking myself. Like, did I make a bad decision? Like all these things, but yeah, Carly actually has an amazing uh, hairstylist makeup artist now that I've never seen her look better. So everything happens the way it's supposed to. And, um, but I actually reached out to one of my favorite 
brands in the world and it's my favorite hair brand, Amika. And I'm sure a lot of people are a fan of Amika, mm-hmm, not just mm-hmm, myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, even during tour, I already started working with them and, um, yeah, that's going to be two years in July that I reached out to them. And then last August, I officially went full time with Amika. So it was, that was also very scary. Yeah, it was just a scary decision, but I I feel like I can make an impact in the long run. And I, I you know, you kind of take 10 steps back to go for whatever the saying is. I don't know. Do you know the saying? <laughs> two steps back? I don't know. Yeah, all um, of it. Yeah. And so I, I figured I would like, you know, figure it out. And I really love Amika. I love the the company in every way. I think I like everything they stand for and their products are amazing. And Which helps. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I don't know that I could have. I've never worked for a brand in that whole time. I was always independent. Mm-hmm. I never felt like I could like marry yeah. someone in like a brand. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, I'm putting a ring on it. Like a makeup girl. Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and yeah, just everybody that works for Amika, they sort of have that same, I guess I would say like positive energy that I had on tour, mm. And I, I needed that in my life for sure. So they got me, they got me. I'm there and I love it. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Uh, that's such a cool thing uh, to have had these, you know, solid, positive um, experiences. Um, so talk to us a little bit about this role um, with the Mika. Yeah. What does it entail? What are you up to? Um, because this is a big shift. So yeah, touring stylist, doing makeup and hair and all of the things, working with the brand in what capacity? Talk to us about that. So between tour life too, I always did education. I was an educator. And mm-hmm. I would do, I would teach classes um, and do like motivational speaking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So with all that, like this role, it, a big part of it is like teaching. And when I started with them, they would fly me out to teach in salons and mm. kind of do that stuff anyway. And it was great. It was like, I was like, I love it. And I just love ingredients and things that I'm a nerd. I'm a hair nerd. I'm actually right now uh, in the process of becoming a board certified trichologist. So like super into, you know, like I'm into it. It's like my life. I don't know. And so I, I, right now for Amika, I have 11 States and I'm in charge of the brand for 11 States. And I travel around, but much less like nowhere near (laughs) tour life. And, uh, I, I mean, people still, you know, fangirl about the Carly life and all that, and that helps, but, um, yeah, it's really been my passion, like business. It's going back to that business mm-hmm. portion of who I am. And I did miss that. Like there was a part of me that just, I don't know, you know, it, I, I needed that. I needed, I needed to think that way and, and work that way. And it's been great. I do Excel sheets, PowerPoint presentations, <laughs> like uh, all that. And I, I you said that you wound up loving math. So, I mean, all of this sounds like it tracks. This is great. Well, you're exactly where you should be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, tell me, um, we're going to get into our quick takes where we're going to ask you a lot more about products, but I'm curious as someone who is working with Amika, which is beloved by millions. Yeah. What is like your favorite Amika product? 
So I actually, I have to talk about this one because it's called The Wizard and it's called The Wizard for a reason. This product is like an all-in-one. If I was going to recommend one product and if you haven't tried any of your hairstylist, like you need to try this. It has so many options and I, I like to compare hair care to skincare often. So for me, heat protection, it's almost like your sunscreen for your skin, but you should have heat protection for your hair and this the wizard has up to 450 degrees um, heat protection. It's a detangler. It's a primer. It speeds up your blow dry, which we all know time is money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it gives shine. It's anti-frizz. It's lightweight. There's a silicone free one. You know, if somebody wants that option, mm-hmm. the whole brand is vegan, you know, cruelty free, all those things. But it's just an amazing product and you can spray it when your hair is wet and it helps detangle and all of that jazz. So right when you take your client out of the bowl, or I even spray it in the bowl, actually, like a tip, pro tip, ready, everybody? Yeah. Uh, keep the wizard at the bowl right when they're in the sink, wring out their hair, towel dry it a little bit in the sink, spray it right in the sink, and then bring them to your chair. Now you have heat protection, you have detangling, all the things shine, and everything you cocktail after that and put in there, it, it's a primer. So like, you're also setting it up to be ready. And it is a good cutting agent because it has a good like slip and comb through. Yeah. So get the wizard. If you haven't tried it. That's the one. I mean, you've sold, you've sold us all. Yeah. That's the one. We're all adding to cart yeah. immediately. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, it is. It is. And it, I mean, there's a million I could go all day, but I'm not going to, but that if I've like had to, that's it. That's the one. Okay. Um, well, we've actually run into you a few times at various hair shows throughout uh, the U.S. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that. Like, what has that experience been like? What are you doing at trade shows? Um, talk to us about it. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to be involved in like random things. I was just on a panel recently and uh, that was amazing with like Presley Poe and Alfredo Lewis. And yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's been, I've been trying to get involved more and more in the beauty industry. Now that I've come from the music industry, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm here at the party, like a little <laughs> late, but I'm here. Even doing this right now, it's kind of like me, um, I guess, trying to get more and more involved. I, even with Amika, I forgot to mention this, but I'm part of the DEI and giving back committee for Amika. Mm. So I'm a co-lead on Beauty Changes Lives. So like this last show, we were at America's Beauty Show. And that was, Mm -hmm. that was what I was doing the whole time because we're giving out scholarships to students. And like, I get to pick like me and my friend Julia, we're co-leads and she's amazing. We get to pick like the the people that are going to get the scholarships. And I just want to cry every time because that full circle. Um, so that's what uh, I did at that show or like, it, it's just, it's just something I love. I mean, everybody loves shows. It's cool to see the education, all those things. And I'm very passionate about education mm-hmm. and I don't know, just seeing new trends. I, I, yeah, like I said, I'm a hair nerd. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so anybody out there, uh, I will come, uh, do things at the beauty shows. <laughs> love, love that. Um, and we're about to do some more hair nerding out because we're going to get into our quick takes. Yeah. So before we let you go, we are going to ask you the questions. We ask all of our guests. Okay. So try not to think about it for too long. Um, we want to get your quick response. Okay. The first question, what was the first ever product that you remember owning beauty or hair? Actually. Uh, I actually it's clippers. It's wall clippers. 
Okay. Would be the first like beauty product I could think of, like other than the usual things that people have in their home. But like, where if you're a hairstylist, and yeah, like uh, at the time I was like in high school, and I dated a guy that had like a shaved head, mm-hmm. and I would shave his head. But I bought them at like Walmart or like whatever, and yeah. That was, I mean, technically wall is like a program. So I would say that would be my first, I had like the little box it came in. The little plastic clips. Yes. Yep. And I had all of that. So that was like my first, like I am a hairstylist in high school. Yes. Not really, but yeah. Oh my so God. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Core memory. Love that. Um, you painted the picture. Uh, Aga, are you superstitious? And if so, about what? I would say I'm not, but... I, I I don't think I'm superstitious, but what's funny is I often go like, like cross my fingers about stuff. And then just recently, my daughter was like, oh, you can only cross one. Like you can't cross both fingers. And I was like, what? I've been crossing both fingers about everything positive that's happened in my life, which makes me less superstitious. Because mm. I'm like, I've been messing it up this whole time. So I don't think I'm superstitious, but I do some weird stuff. And I'm like, just kidding. But not, but truly in my corner. <laughs> yeah, not. Okay. Okay. Well, we've seen it all. Um, <laughs> if you were, it's also fine. Just yeah. uh, for the record. Yeah, I, I want to um, be. I want to be. I want to be like, I don't want to do, don't walk under the ladder, like throw the salt over the shoulder. I feel like it can lead to a lot of complications for people who are overly <laughs> superstitious. It's maybe not the worst thing. A little bit of superstition is probably the best way to go. Um, a little, yeah, whatever that office quote is. Um, okay. Um, who would play you in a biopic about your life? Gosh, I was, I don't know. This is a hard one. This one stumps people. So don't, you're not alone in being. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Jenna Ortega, you know, Wednesday Adams. Yes. Yes. I can see it. She would have to play the much younger version of me. Then maybe for like the older, ver- like an older version of me would be, what's her name from Fight Club? Helena something. I don't know, but people know if they know, they know, but that's who I would. Helena Christensen. No, 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 no. That's the model. She's in a lot of like Tim Burton movies. Uh, no, what is her name? No, no, no. It's, oh no, it's gonna, oh no, it's yes. Oh my God. What is it? Helena Bonham Carter. There yes. We go. Okay. So that would be All like, right. the, yep. yeah. Yep. So th- those yep. are the, two. I, I picked two. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's like really solid. Ca- and then also the like Tim Burton through line. That's an interesting yes. angle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which kind of right, makes sense. It. Like if you see me, yeah. then you'll have to go lurk my Instagram, but I kind of have those. Yeah. That's my mood. <laughs> I can see it. Uh, the aesthetic lines up. Okay. Um, what do you consider to be the ultimate comfort food? For me, it's like burritos, honestly, or anything spicy. I just need spicy. I have a spicy tooth. And so I would have to say, like, when I think of like, I'm tired and like, I'm just going to go grab a burrito and like go home and like eat my, yeah, that's it burrito perfect perfect this is our last question so think about it but not for too long um say that you're on a deserted island and you can only bring three products what are you bringing um and i always say this right after like water shelter food you're good like you're not gonna die on this island okay so like what are the products that you're bringing with you Oh my God, but you're not going to die. Yeah, hmm. it, we, we just want to look our best on this island, basically. I was going to like shears. Shears? Okay. Yeah, maybe. I feel like, because <laughs> I don't know if I can ever not do that. Like, I have to do that. So I would bring shears. Also, it feels like it's deserted island. Like, I would be the the one. I'd be the haircutting. Like, I got this. Yeah, like, yeah. 
functional. Wait, it's deserted. It's just me. Well, I, yeah, but I, I, that seems weird. Is it just for me to use? I mean, you're really getting into it. Um, okay, I'm going too deep. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to say it is just you. It's just you. So, no, no, no. But you're looking, you got to look good for yourself. So I feel like, what else? Shears to keep up the fringe. Thank you. Yes. I would want to keep the, the yeah, 100%. So I'm sticking with shears. Okay. okay. Yeah. Definitely one shears. Um, two, I would say hairspray. Yeah, definitely hairspray. Amika's Fluxus is great. I was going to say plug, plug. What do we got? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm going to do that, but I love it and it smells good. So, Plus. you know, who knows what's out there? I might want the nice scent. Yep. And yep. then, um, yeah, maybe, I guess, like eyeliner. Let's just say eyeliner. Yeah. Liquid eyeliner. An essential. Yeah. An essential, obviously. Like, how am I going to survive on the island <laughs> without eyeliner? I feel that we've had some really interesting responses to that. So that one actually seems right as rain. Okay, cool. Aga, (laughs) before we let you go, we want to make sure that you can plug yourself again for people that don't know you, but want to know more about you after listening to this podcast, where can they go? Um, You can find me on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I am just everywhere. And I would say... I just look up Aga Tompkins Beauty and that's where you'll find me. I'm on all the places. <laughs> all of them. Um, easy to do. And we are linking to everything in our show notes. So we're going to make it really easy for all of you listeners, which you know that we do. So there's that. Yeah. Aga, thank you so much for coming on the Volume Up podcast. It's been a blast. Um, and come back again, please. Let's talk about lots of other things too. We, we will. I would love to do that. See you guys at the next show. All right. What an interview. I love her story, her journey, right? And just the cherry on top, Amika Brand Educator, which personal affinity for the brand. We love that brand. We love the story. Aga, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. And thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Volks for the custom volume up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.